The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jagan. Presenting Season 9, Avalanche. Interlude, Breathing Underwater. Written by Dennis Lee. Is this my life? How long ago was it that I was just trying to prove myself? That I was better, better than anyone? That I was just misunderstood? That if given a chance, I would rise to the occasion and demolish anyone that dared stand in my way? Not really what a hero would say, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. I never considered myself a hero. Just someone trying to smash all the naysayers into little itty-bitty pieces. Just another meta with a chip on her shoulder. But one who knew what power meant. What power could bring. But it all went wrong. If ambition is a sin, then I'm a sinner. If being unable to accept defeat is a flaw, then I'm just another aberration. The truth is, I've always been able to know my limits. My problem lies in accepting them. Most of them, anyway. Some I've known for a long time, and they never really bothered me before. I have trouble getting close to people. Some might laugh and call that an understatement. Meh, whatever. Love isn't really a foreign thing to me, you know. I know love. I've loved people. But people let you down. Some people never realize how you feel. It's unfair, but these things always are. Maybe I'm not meant to love anyone or have anyone love me. It never ends well, does it? It just gets in the way. Red jokes about it a lot, and as much as I loathe him sometimes, he does get a nugget of truth in every once in a while. He says, Love is God's eternal joke, and each and every one of us is the punchline. I guess he would know. From what I can tell, he's been the butt of every joke he's ever heard. I guess I'm the same. I never quite know what's happening around me. I do the best I can and plan my stupid little schemes and roll with the punches, but I'm never really sure what the universe has planned for me. I do what I can, I suppose, and pray for the best. It never comes, does it? You hope it does, but you can never count on it. You have to prepare for the worst. So why is it that the worst always comes? When Bull entered the dimly lit interrogation room, he was happy to see that Scope wasn't in restraints this time. He'd spoken with the staff about it, but with regulations being what they were, even he had problems overruling certain procedures. If they were being held in top hold, they had to be in restraints at all times outside their cell. He supposed Scope was lucky that she was even allowed outside a cell. With a few of their prisoners, that just wasn't possible. For example, the idea of anything restraining Harmony outside her nullifying cage was unfathomable. Scope was different, of course. She could have been kept with the general populace. Strictly speaking, her power set didn't necessitate the extreme measures associated with top hold and neutralizing metas. It was more for her protection, of course. 
A few of the inmates in Genpop were put there by her, after all. She's not a prisoner, Bull had told Jensen. She shouldn't be treated as one. Bull remembered Jensen feigning confusion as he glanced around the cold and sterile halls of Top Hold. Why is she in here, then? Bull didn't answer. He didn't feel that he had to. Sometimes he really wanted to smash in Jensen's stupid, smug face. Given the circumstances surrounding her reappearance, they couldn't just trust anything about Scope. Of course they couldn't. After nearly single-handedly botching a coordinated global effort to lay siege to Ultima Thule, seemingly sacrificing herself by triggering a massive explosion to bring down the city's shields, and then mysteriously reappearing after the battle with only minor abrasions, the unspoken opinion of many was that they had found their suspected mole. It didn't make a hell of a lot of sense, at least a bulwark, but he had to admit that even he suspected Scope now of more than just self-destructive behavior in the face of guilt following Acrobat's death. The problem was, she didn't have any answers to any of their questions, at least none that she was willing to share. No, she didn't know how she was still alive. No, she didn't have any memory of anything after locking Blue Team out of the generator base of the Shield Tower in Ultima Thule. No, she didn't know how she had mysteriously reappeared miles away, stumbling across an Echo cleanup crew with nothing more than the Echo uniform on her back. She had refused almost anything they had offered. She barely ate, was indifferent to the state of her unwashed, battle-torn body, and became violent when anyone so much as touched her. So she was still matted with dirt and blood, her hair wild and unkempt, and she was still adorned in the same battered Echo Nano weave that she had worn in Ultima Thule. She sat at one end of the interrogation table, her hands clasped before her as if in prayer, her hair obscuring her face as she slouched forward in her chair. Bull winced. Paris, he growled. You smell like someone left a vat of baked beans to rot in a monkey house. She didn't answer. She hadn't moved at all when he had entered, but through the tangled mess of her hair, Bull could feel her eyes on him. And they were cold. Nothing about this felt right to him. Before, he had been struggling to understand how the girl he had mentored for so long had fallen so far. But she had become so alien to him, he found himself wondering if it was even her at all. He sighed and took a seat opposite her. I'm not going to run through all the questions again he said, pushing his tablet to the side. You must have memorized them by now, and your answers have always been the same. So I'll just ask this. Do you remember anything new? No, Scope muttered. Nothing new. Can I go back to my cell now? No, you can't, Bull said. I'm afraid this is the last time we'll be meeting like this because at the end of this meeting, I'm going to have to make a decision on what to do with you. So you will appreciate how very important it is, if you have anything new to share with me, that you do so now. Because at this moment, the only option I can see before me is to send you to Genpop. I can't justify keeping you in top hold anymore. General Populous, Scope said and chuckled. I guess that's one solution. You don't really expect me to last long there, do you? Or is that the point? 
I've been bending the rules enough as it is. I'll be overruled soon. If I don't decide to send you, someone else will. Oh, right, Scope said, nodding. The rules. We all know how you feel about the rules, Bull. Wouldn't want to see any tarnish on your reputation now, would we? What would you have me do? Bull asked. You won't volunteer any information. You should have been atomized in that blast. Instead, here you are, with a few scratches instead, with nothing to oppose the accusations that you are and have been a mole all this time. That's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Scope muttered. And really, if I was a plant, isn't this a bit of a sloppy way to return? I'm weak, I'm jonesing like you wouldn't believe, but I can still think. If I'm a traitor, I'm the dumbest, clumsiest traitor in the history of dumb, clumsy traitors. She peered up at him, and Bull saw the light catch her furious eyes behind the curtain of hair. I don't know what happened, Bull, she whispered. Not a clue. The last thing I remember is locking myself in that room and turning around to set the charges. The next thing I know, I'm crawling through a war zone. I didn't even know we'd won. For a time, I actually thought I was the only one left. And when... She withdrew from him and cowered beneath her veil again. Bull watched her intently, waiting, and relaxed when a sob escaped her lips. When? She began again. When I came across that Echo crew, you don't know... You have no idea how relieved I felt. If they were Echo, then we had won. If they were Echo, then most of you would still be alive. Maybe even you. Even after... After you screwed up so badly that a mountain fell on top of me. Yeah, Scope muttered. Even after that. She withdrew again, clasping her arms around herself and bowing her head. Everything after, you know. I was brought here. You asked me questions I don't know the answers to. And now you're going to send me down to Gen Pop, and I'm going to have to watch my back every single moment I'm not alone in a cell for a shiv to land in my back. For all you know, that's what I want. But you don't believe that, do you? You've never given up on anyone, have you, Bull? You still believe in people. Some of those people have let you down so completely, you've been dragged to the edge so many times, you're actually familiar now with the taste of your own death. But you still believe in me. I can tell. Your instincts are probably telling you some pretty confusing things right now. So, how about I ask the questions for a change, Bulwark? What do you believe about me? Bull didn't answer immediately. He watched her for a moment, as if sizing her up, then leaned forward and clasped his hands gently together on the table between them. I believe you've lost your way, he said. But that's all. I don't think you're a traitor, like some do. I don't think you had or have any intentions against Echo. I think someone's been playing you. I think you've been a bit of a victim through all this, 
With that said, I still think you had a hand in making yourself vulnerable to it, and you should take some responsibility for that. I think you're more a danger to yourself than anyone here now. Even if you were to clear your name or reputation, I don't think anyone would clear you for active duty anymore, for various reasons. Jensen still wants you for more interrogation. Bella just doesn't trust you anymore. And I wouldn't reinstate you either. And why is that, Bull? Because I believe the moment you are reinstated, you will stop being a danger just to yourself, but to anyone who has the misfortune of being placed on your team. Ouch. You're not ready, Paris. I think someday you could be, but that's a long ways away. If I had my way, you would be busted down to a base private and forced to work your way up again through the ranks, right from basic training. You wouldn't. I would, Bull said. Fortunately for you, there's another option. Given that I was your commanding officer from the time you attained your Op 1 levels, I don't have much say in what will happen to you other than as the warden of Top Hold. I'm too close, they won't allow it. All I can do is send you to Genpop for further questioning, or without any substantial evidence to hold you, release you outright. You can't, Scope hissed, rising to her feet. If you release me, I'll be thrown out of Echo altogether. No active duty, no reason to stay, I'll be sent packing. Bull turned to the camera in the corner of the room and motioned the guards outside to stand down. He turned back to Scope and motioned for her to take her seat with an irritated flick of his eyes. Would that bother you so much? He asked, after she had slumped back in her chair. Yeah, she answered. No, I don't know. Well, fortunately for you, you don't have to decide just yet. Turns out you have a sponsor. A sponsor? She glanced up at him in surprise. Who would be crazy enough to sponsor me? Who amongst us isn't crazy by now? Bull muttered, retrieving his tablet and scrolling down to a memo he had just received that morning. He shook his head in disbelief. As if she doesn't have enough to do. Operative Victrix wants you to report to her as soon as you're released. If you're released. It seems she requires your aid. Scope looked baffled. What, what does she want me to do? It seems your recent absence has caused some unforeseen complications with another inmate. Harmony, Scope nodded, understanding. She wants me to see Harmony. Bull nodded. Normally I wouldn't have problems with a withdrawn and quiet Harmony, but Victrix wants her at her talkative and snarky best for some monitoring she wants to try. Seems she was only that way when you were around. For her, it's a chance to catch Harmony with her pants down. For you, it's a chance for a new start. If you want my advice... Always, Scope breathed. You will do exactly as she tells you. You need all the goodwill you can get. Bull stood up and motioned for the guards to release the door lock. He turned to leave, but paused briefly, swinging his head back around the door. 
one more thing. What's that? I wasn't kidding about the smell, he grunted. Clean yourself up before you see her. Goodwill starts with not forcing your foulness on everyone within 50 feet. And with that, he was gone. You've been listening to The Secret World Chronicle, written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jagger. Narration and production by Veronica Jagger at VoicesByVeronica.com. Quality review and production assistance by Laura Nicole at ResonantMoon.com. Music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series is released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 license. For previous episodes, check out secretworldchronicle.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the fantastic people at Bayon Books. Find fellow SWC fans on the Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Secret World Chronicle. And as always, thank you for listening.